0: everybody thanks for tuning in to the marriage is tougher than woodpecker lips podcast
1: this is brian and i'm paul we'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage
0: we can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands now let's get right into the show Alright, thanks again for once tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. I just want to thank you for giving us this time to speak in your ears. Today we're going to be talking about the word patriarch and what that means to us, what it means to society, and what it might mean to your family and your marriage. And more importantly, since this podcast is on the topic of marriage. Now to me, the reason that this is so front of mind is most of the people that I've looked up to in my family are gone now. So my grandparents, my mother, there's a couple of uncles who have passed not so long ago. All these people that I've looked up to, and some of them, more importantly, were leaders of our family, people who the family tended to convene around. Makes me feel at this point that we're lacking that in my family. So on my mind is, how was a patriarch chosen? or established what are the steps to becoming a patriarch does it just happen what are the requirements and what we're going to do is give you some definitions about what uh, the word patriarch actually means and then also frame what our idea of that role is and or should be paul would you like to start with the definitions sure marriage or sorry merriam webster defines a patriarch
1: the first one is one of the scriptural fathers of the human race or the human people as far as the israelites concerned the second one um, says a man who is a father or founder under that it says the oldest member or representative of a group and the last one just says a venerable old man it's more so just seems like a man who is old or who's representative of a group which is fine and then let's see wikipedia says originally a patriarch was a man who exercise autocratic authority as a pater families over an extended family. So over a family with families underneath. So like a grandparent or something that has multiple layers or generations. The system of such a role of families by senior males is termed patriarchy, which is a buzzword nowadays, but Wikipedia goes on to say historically patriarch has often been the logical choice to act as an anthrach of a community identified with his religious confession. So a patriarch is someone who's looked up to in his family, his community, and his religious association, basically. But now if we, what we're not talking about is patriarchy, which kind of the sociological term of patriarchy is a social system in which men hold primary power and predominant roles of political leadership, moral authority, social privileges and control of property. So our conversation is not about how do we gain the power within our families or how do we lay the hammer down or how do we micromanage everything that our family does? It's more so how do we become a viable resource? How do we become a mentor? How do we take care of our family? How do we set ourselves as someone that can be looked up to and set an example of and i have a great example of someone just going to go and go with this but my son's grandfather his name is herman miller he actually passed away recently and we went to the funeral and he was in the army he uh, worked in the coal mines in west virginia and he was he set up his family for greatness he has multiple nieces nephews siblings his wife's family like anyone that needed anything know they could come to herman and he would take care of them and he would give them whatever they needed he'd give them tough love he'd give them guidance financial take their care of them if they had financial needs so at this funeral there was no one that he hadn't touched that he hadn't poured into that he hadn't changed their lives. And there was many people there and they all had a story of how he had taken care of them when they needed him, how he was trying to take care of them even if they didn't need it and how he just set up his wife and his kids as well and his grandkids for sure. Even from from as far back as they could remember, he was always the one. And I don't think he expressed the goal like I wanna be this person. He just put steps in place and he became the reliable person in the family that everyone knew if you needed something, you could go to Uncle Herman or as the grandkids affectionately call him, Pop Pots. Those are, that's just an example of he didn't like Norma, his wife ran the show, but he was the one that they knew you, if you needed something, you could go to, if that makes sense. So it wasn't like being domineering or power hungry or anything like that, but. It was more so how do I help my family and how do I make sure everyone that I can and not even family members, just the community. So many people had stories of how he touched their lives. And that was just, I think, a great example of what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah. And like I said in the uh, the opening there, I don't necessarily have anyone like that in my immediate circle right now. So for me, I feel like I might be in line to become the patriarch of our family. It's a struggle for me because I don't know. The definition basically said you had to be older because with that comes becomes wisdom, comes experience and all these things. Right. So I'm starting to be very mindful of what or at what age does this sort of role take hold? I, I think I can show signs that I'd be eligible to be the patriarch. I can be gaining knowledge and go out of my way to help others in need as i often do but ultimately what i'm seeing is a lack of anyone else stepping up into that role so therefore i wonder if i feel i'm the most logical choice can i assign that duty to myself which by the definition i don't feel that i can right but in another way i feel that i can because i can just insert myself into taking those duties
1: that makes sense i don't (sighs) As we're talking about it, as I'm looking up definition, I don't know if you can assign it to yourself. I think it just becomes assigned to you by the others around you Mm -hmm. based on their reliance on what you bring or those, all those teachings that you have or the reliability, the consistency, how you get people together, how you can rally people, how you support and take care and serve others. And I think... I think age does have a factor in it. So you may not be a patriarch per se, quote unquote, but you may be looked as a leader or someone who would be looked as as like traditionally like an elder, like someone that is like a statesman within your family that has weight to what he says, but might not necessarily be the patriarch. But like you said, it may just be something that happens twenty years from now when you're almost sixty, and everybody's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, Brian, that's that guy, patriarch of our family." Yeah, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it's something you could say. Yep, I'm the patriarch because I'm the only guy left. <laughs> like that sounds very patriarchy. Like I'm going right. to announce myself as right, right, the guy. Right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, and yeah. typically that wouldn't have crossed my mind. It's just simply that role doesn't exist right now. And I yeah. feel that my family has a need for it because other than my mother-in-law, there's really no one else who is taking on the role of trying to bring everyone together. And how I mentioned earlier, who's going to be that person who initiates and puts together a family reunion? Because Those things are important in my yeah. mind, right? Yep. Like I said, being black already makes it tough enough to be able to track your heritage. But if you're not... Right. Actively trying to preserve what you do have, you know, then I think I feel like you're taking an active role in letting your heritage fade. Ooh, that's good. And a gut check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense
1: for sure. So, and so, if you, I guess, if you had someone like someone else like that was a female in your life that had that role besides your mother in law, more so in like your blood family, mm-hmm. like, Because you have all uncles, I guess that is why you're doing that. But if you had, you wouldn't be opposed to a matriarch to set that role. You just don't have that because. No,
0: that's the scenario I came from, especially (laughs) my grandmother. She was the matriarch. And I would even say she was more so the head of the family than my grandfather was. Right. Mm -hmm. She was the one who everyone wanted to be around all the time. She was the one who, you know, hey, I'm cooking dinner. Everyone showed up. It wasn't a question. It wasn't, hey, are you going to, are you going to Nana's house? Like she said, she's cooking. Of course we're going, <laughs> right? I'll see you there. I was like, what What time are you showing up? Is I guess the the only right. question. Yeah. The holidays, we were always there at her house, their house. So I think that is the type of household I envision my wife and I having, the, the communal household, right? right? Holidays. If I say I'm having a cookout, like I can tell a couple people, but everybody shows up and they're not hurt that I didn't specifically give them an invite. Like I put it on the wire. You're expected there for Uh, sure. And I don't know, man, I feel like I'm on the path to get there. What I'm getting to, and I I know I can't assign myself to that role, but I feel like there are a number of people who already look up to me within the family. Mm -hmm. And with what we were just talking about, I feel like the only thing that changes from what I'm doing now or what I'm trying to accomplish now to actually being named a patriarch, which on the other hand, like I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that about someone like, yes, right. this is the patriarch of our family. Here's a painting of them is just age. Yeah. I, think I mean, they usually I, don't say that till you're dead. Or yeah, well, Exactly. Sorry. Go talk to them because they have all the history before they can no longer speak to you That's the person you need to go and talk to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think age is it. And I, cause I think like in my family, like my mom, I, thinking of my mom's side, cause my grandparents passed probably eight, eight or nine years ago or so. But and once they passed, my mom's, my mom has, there's five girls and three, three boys. So like they've all been trying to like hold that together, but it's becoming less and less of a thing because th- Everyone literally lives in a different state or a different area. So it's hard to bring everybody together before. Obviously, when the grandparents were alive, it's, we're going to go to grandma and grandpa's and it was just, we're going to go see grandpa and that type of stuff. So we would always migrate on holidays to where they were. So it's trying to, it sounds like where we are and probably with our age too, between 35 and 55, you're trying to figure out like, as people are transitioning and they're no longer either able or they're just no longer here. Like what's our role as we get older within our family. And those of us that want to leave a legacy, those of us that want to preserve, those of us that are looking to, we want to make sure our family feels that. Right. And we want to make sure that we can be there for our family. I think for me, that that was why this conversation was so interesting because it's, I don't know if I want to be the patriarch, but I just want to be together. But obviously someone has to coordinate that. And I think for me, I'm I'm right in the middle. So I have a lot of older cousins, especially on my mom's side. So I would lean to them significantly, 10, 15 years older than me. So it's I wouldn't even think of myself being in that role until they either just fumbled the bag and didn't pick it up like blatantly <laughs> right. or they were just like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. Or they're just no longer here. Because they're here, it's more so I would work in conglomeration with them to put something together. So let's all get together. Um, mm-hmm. and now that you're saying this, I probably should put
0: that <laughs> out there
1: cause we've tried to a little bit, but we definitely need to do something stateside and we have some that are overseas and now with the pandemic, who knows what that means as far as getting together. But I think we definitely need to do that. Take the mantle from our parents a little bit as mm-hmm. they're getting older and take more of an assertive role in getting everybody together.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, man. What is the appropriate time to take some of those responsibilities off their hands and let them know, hey, we're planning this. All you got to do is show up. I think that a while ago was suggested in our family that, hey, we're getting older. It's it's time for you guys to start kicking in. (laughs) You know what I mean? With the effort of reaching out to everybody and letting them know, hey, we need to get together and following through on the plans and not just saying, hey, it would be nice if. So this being a a podcast on the topic of marriage, I would really like to tie this in. And what is front of mind for me is, let's say a man does become the patriarch of his family or is quote unquote named the patriarch of his family. How does that or how would you imagine it affects a marriage? And, And I guess more or less what I'm thinking of is as those responsibilities become more and more of a reality, even though it is a familial role, does it take time away from your marriage? Is there a pool to serve outside of your household that leaves your wife or your children wanting more of you? I think that's a good question. In my mind, I
1: think um, whenever you would take on that role you probably have an older generation underneath you and then they also have kids as well so you don't have to take as active as a role within probably your kids and your marriage as I would think and obviously this is me not being for not even being 40 yet I'm trying <laughs> to think of what it's like to be older than that but I think I think it just shifts so it may have you may have been your parent and then now you're a grandparent now your grandkids are getting older. Now people are looking to you for guidance and leadership. So you have more of that space to be at ear because you're not looking to provide for everyone because hopefully your kids are taking care of them. And even your grandkids are starting to be more, more assertive as well in their lives. So I think it just shifts kind of the roles as far as the familiar roles. But the marriage, it depends on how your marriage is. You know mm-hmm. what i mean how do you guys see yourself how do you balance roles i feel like if i think it's more if you're a couple and you're still married it's more like a power couple type deal so you mm-hmm. have the patriarch and the matriarch and that kind of just comes hand in hand And that even so you would probably talk about it share those responsibilities strengths and weaknesses because obviously being being a black man and seeing family I, I tend to see i'll say speak for me i tend to see more matriarchs than patriarchs for some reason uh, well, the husbands they, have they either live longer. died before or they, right? <laughs> Agreed. So that that is more what I've seen. In the case of my grandfather, outlived my grandmother, but still it was more so the roles. There would be more of a role, like you said, Nana was the one that kind of did that. Mm-hmm. And like, your grandfather kind of played his position in that too, I'm sure. But people just tend there's just something about like grandma's warmth and like all that. and But then you have your grandfather's like, straightforwardness and we're going to give you so i think wherever that is within your
0: marriage it just gets exemplified in role as a patriarch or matriarch yeah man do you feel or i won't even say that because i would imagine it's possible but have you any examples in your life of a male who played both of those roles the very maybe stern straightforward to the point but also very loving and i want to say providing a environment of just comfort? Yeah, I would say,
1: I think off the top of my head, my only example is the one that I brought up earlier. Like Herman was like the the lover of all people. Isaiah will tell you a story of, him running around putting his life in danger in a parking lot and Herman having to get the belts out and chase him around to teach him a lesson but at the end of the day Herman was the one crying and hugging Isaiah and telling him papa loves you he never wants to do anything and then going and buying him something from the store like even though <laughs> Isaiah was in the wrong like that's the story that Isaiah told us he can tell it better but that would be my idea but I think most of my male figures are a little bit more stern And more like of the stoic. Not that they, I would say that's where they tend to stay. Not that they don't have the ability to show love and compassion. But like with my dad though, like my mom is still around. So just that balance Mm -hmm. of roles is what it is. My grandfather, before he passed, like his voice was so like soothing and calm. And he was definitely on the loving side. I would say both of my mom's parents. I don't think I ever got, I think I I got whooped one time from him but mm-hmm. my grandma was always the one walking around with a wooden spoon. <laughs> so, like, maybe he was more the one that you could jump up. And my grandma was small. My grandfather was big. So you could jump up in his lap and, like, cuddle and all that. You could feel his strength, but it wasn't, like, intimidating yeah. power strength, if that makes sense. So I guess that would be my example. Sorry, what about you? I'm going to stop rambling now.
0: I don't think that I have, but I feel myself wanting, especially for my children, to... Be able to be both. I want them because they need it. Obviously, the structure and that when it calls for it, that stoic mannerism that says this is how it has to be. And then on the other end, I want to be playful. I want to be comforting and I want to have all the compassion that Mm -hmm. I feel a parent should have. So I'm trying to be mindful as I'm raising my children of offering both things and doing it consistently enough where. They know that they can get both. And I I think why I'm mindful of it is, and we'll even, I think, allude to it sometimes. I know when my grandmother makes that face, like, it's serious. But then on the back end, you also know you can just go run into her arms and have a good cry if you need it for whatever reason. I want to be both of those things for my children. The guy who gets it done, who is trustworthy, who I know if I have a problem, I can go to and we can have a serious conversation and then also hug it out. No, that makes sense. And I think tying it back to marriage, if
1: you see that your spouse is more gifted in a certain area that you want to espouse to in taking on roles or really in general, lean to taking notes on how they do that. Because my wife, she is the one that people come to and have conversations and she gives great advice and all that. But she's also very stern order, like She's a person of order as well. So to see that balance makes it possible, makes me see that it's possible. But also I can gleam to how she speaks to people, how she leans on her experience and uses those like life application when she injects her personal experience into conversations, when she keeps it focused on the situation at hand and all those things. And I think I've been getting better at doing that. And I think that helps me even in this case on the podcast. Or generally, if we're both in a room, I'll tend tend to let her speak because I feel like God really speaks to her in those situations to give the right advice that the people needs. Mm -hmm. Not that he doesn't to me, but I think she processes it quicker than I do. I really, should I say that right now? Like she's just like, blah, and she says it and it's amazing. And I'm like, what? So I think that's something that I'm trying to get better at. So I think in, in within marriage, lean to your partner too. And even you can verbalize that, hey, I really like how you do this. How does that work for you? How did you get there? That type of thing. So I think that would help within the marriage and just growing toward being that person that could be looked to as responsible for your family, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of what the patriarch is.
0: I don't know if I have anything else.
1: Yeah, I don't think I do either. So...
0: Maybe just a recap, our idea of a patriarch more or less is a a wise leader and not someone who is pursuing power. Specifically, my idea really goes back to someone who, like I mentioned, is probably stern, is counted on to get things done, but also is a centerpiece for the family, someone who the family wants to be around. Almost, if, if you're thinking about from being in that role, it's it's almost effortless to gather the family. I think maybe that's why I brought this topic up is because that's what I feel my family's missing right now, an effortlessness of gathering everyone. Because I feel right now, many of the people in my family have their own agenda and and I can't knock them for that. It, I have my own, own agenda for my family as well, but I just don't feel that we're putting the communal space or setting it as a priority anymore. And we need it, especially for right. the kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you think, especially when we were younger, I knew all my cousins by name. Yeah. I knew where they lived. I knew how to get to their houses. <laughs> Probably had their phone numbers. Now the pandemic throws a little bit of a wrench in, into that dynamic, but I think I need to be more mindful of involving my children with the rest of the family. Because God forbid something happens to the older yeah. people in the family, I don't want them to miss out on the style of upbringing that I had. Yes, yeah. Which I'm not trying to say one way is the only way, but there's certainly a a dynamic that I want of that upbringing that I want them to have, which is being close to your extended family. Yeah, and, and it Absolutely. goes back to legacy. It, it goes back to heritage and as the family extends more and more those heritage nuances change a little bit here and there and I could maybe I could just really all draw it back to my craving of knowledge but I don't know I feel I obviously feel some type of way about it (laughs) that I want my children to have those same opportunities
1: yeah I think the same um just thinking about my cousins how close we were and I think obviously it's different when you're a kid like you don't really have other responsibilities. So you just show up as your parents bring you. Um, for me, because we, our family never lived in the same city as any other family members. So we would go and it would be that dedicated time with those family members. You might have it, I might have a different experience than a lot of other people whose family lived in the same city and they saw them a little bit more often. So for me, that time was precious. But at the same time, I'm used to not seeing them at all. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so it for me and never having to make that conscious choice like oh yeah let's go see them what does that take no it's just like my parents already made that up we're going to see my sister or my brother and then we're all going to do that and that's fine besides funerals and holidays anything outside of what would be what traditionally brings families together anything just like random summer week or whatever so i think that's that might be why I have a different take, and it's a little, why it's a little bit easier for me to be okay, quote unquote, with not seeing them because we were never around them except for when we made time. So I think I just have to be better at trying to bring everybody together. But like you said, as we get older, we have we do have our own agendas, and sometimes when you bring family, things happen. AKA yeah, yeah, the drama of family and that is just what it is because everyone's different so it's more so just being okay with that but also that's a good teachable lesson for everyone how you you know address that and how you can show that you've grown and that you're down for the family you want what's best for them is how you react in those situations Yeah, I think that's all I got
0: (laughs) so when you were talking especially uh, bringing up the cousins you brought this memory back and I imagine most people in our similar age range, probably had the same thing. You go to a family event. For us, it was typically down in Maryland every year. But how you get introduced to family, especially as a kid, like, that's your cousin over there. Go say hi. And then you do, and it's like instant friendship. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially the ones in your age. And it's like, yeah, yeah you kick up them and all that. Yeah, my dad's side, they have, like, his mom's family the family that raised like they have a family reunion every year. And sad to say that we haven't been there in a while. It's usually July 4th weekend or somewhere around there, which just happens to be around when my wife's birthday is. Mm. So it's like trying to figure out the balance of those two things. And it's usually somewhere really cool, like each family hosts it. So we may go to Virginia, Maryland, down south, out west, but there's always like a travel expense to that. So I think just trying to play that by ear, but I, I definitely feel like I need to be better at getting our family there and solidifying back, you know, what we had, like you said, that's your cousin. Go so say hi. Yep.
0: So it's awesome. Yeah. And as I would like to do, just as we're ending the podcast uh, episode, just try to tie it back into marriage that if for some reason you're blessed to become the patriarch of your family, as I'm just reflecting on it now, I feel like It's a a great strengthening, for lack of better words, event for a marriage, because if that role is executed on as we've described or really just pontificated, I think being in a a space where you have family coming around you and it's just a huge area of expression of love and caring. If you and your spouse are jointly working on that similar goal, it's I don't see how it can't strengthen your marriage. Would you agree?
1: Agreed. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly just because at that point the wisdom that you have that you impart and just the love that you have for each other as husband and wife definitely makes better families and better communities and that's just if that's your goal which I hope it, it would be that's just something that you can continue to grow in I think it's great all
0: right I think we've uh, taken enough of your time so I will say to you go and be better husbands <laughs> This is the point of the podcast. I hope that you've gotten some value out of it. I would ask you that in whatever platform you are listening to us on, please rate, review, and subscribe as it will help us get the podcast out to more people. And as you give us feedback, we will know if we are headed down the right path or not. Let us know some of the topics that you would like us to talk about. Hit us up on Facebook or on our website, marriageistougher.com. And if you'd like to be a guest, that's where you can reach out to us or give us any feedback there, if you would please. So with that being said, we will talk to you next time. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul.
1: Thank you for listening to the Marriage is Tougher Than With the
0: podcast.